0: Money FM 89.3, best of Workday Afternoon.
1: Here on Money FM 89.3, I'm Clarissa Montero for the Workday Afternoon, a new campaign focused on improving the understanding and management of obesity, launched on World Obesity Day, which fell on the 4th of March 2021. To urgently address the gravity of obesity and its associated consequences, Singapore Association for the Study of Obesity, or SASO, and Nova Nordisk launched Your Weight Can't Wait, with an aim to increase knowledge of obesity as a complex and long term medical condition. We find out more about this next on Health Suites on Money FM at 89.3. Health Suites with Clarissa Montero on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Health Suite, on Money FM eighty nine point three. I'm Clarissa Montero for the workday afternoon today. I am joined on the phone by Dr. Tam Kwang Wei, President of Singapore Association for the Study of Obesity or Saso, and Dr. Natalie Ko, Consultants from Department of Cardiology at National Heart Centre Singapore. We find out more about obesity in the Singapore context today. Doctors, welcome to the show. Thank you. Okay, now let's get right in, maybe we start with doctor Tam. By give us a better understanding, how much of an issue is obesity in Singapore?
2: Sure. Uh, firstly, thanks for having us on there to share on this very important topic. Uh, now, now the rates of obesity are 8.7 percent per our 2017 uh, national survey. Mm-hmm. Now, that is based on an international uh, BMI or body mass index cutoff of 30. So, so you know, in order for us to compare apples with apples, we have to follow a standardized uh, BMI. Reading now, if we try to uh, localize that contextualize that in terms of the health risk for Singaporeans, our BMI should really be around twenty seven point five I mean not should be but twenty seven point five is a cutoff we use equivalent to thirty that in that case, we have about seventeen point seven percent of Singaporeans in that health category, which is a high risk uh, BMI health category. So in a sense, that is really quite comparable to, uh, you know, many countries around the world who have top rates of of obesity, uh, close to maybe twenty percent, for example. So it is quite a grave in Singapore at the moment.
1: Okay, so you know, trying to understand uh, obesity, which um, I think most Singaporeans we know the word, we kind of get the idea, but we don't know very much about it. Part of why we have a problem with it in Singapore could be because of our affluence and the fact that most of us spend all day in front of our computers at work.
0: Yes, certainly. Yes. And the work from home situation during the COVID-19 pandemic isn't helping matters much.
1: Right. Okay. now let's go to that survey conducted in December 2020 of people who are overweight or suffer from obesity in Singapore. Now, respondents confirmed that one in three had the goal of having more energy and to improve their appearance, but only 20% agree that obesity is a medical condition like diabetes or hypertension. Does this mindset present a problem in addressing the issues of obesity in Singapore?
2: Yeah, definitely. uh, This is Dr Tham here. Yeah, definitely because... uh, Okay, I think it's not about medicalizing a condition. When something is called a medical condition, a disease, it's because it's got roots of its problems. So it's beyond just I don't have willpower, I'm lazy, or I'm ill-disciplined, you know. It's not these soft things. There are hard uh, causes, for example, genetics, or what we call epigenetics. Like, for example, uh, uh, my genetics program when I was in my mom's room. And then when I come into this world, the environmental factors that we've mentioned, highly processed food, we are on the screen all the time, we're not working from home more, uh, you know, all the food marketing, etc. And then this fuels this whole obesity situation. So there's a cause for it. And, and disease states cause problems, right? Like, like, for example, diabetes. If you don't treat it, you're going to have kidney problems, you're going to get blindness, heart attacks. So there are sequelae. Same for obesity. Obesity has about maybe 200 over conditions linked to it, diabetes being the kind of the famous ally of it. And then we even have 13 types of cancers officially uh, linked to obesity. So, so there, are, there is a sequelae, And, of course, there are also um, abnormal you know, uh, functions of the body that, that leads to increased uh, mortality rates. So that's why you know it's now called a medical condition. Now, when we recognize that as a condition... We, then people who have a condition don't have to struggle and, and hide about it or feel shameful, I, 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 should I go for help or not? You know, it's like you go for help when you have diabetes, when you have hypertension, you talk freely about it. Your family your friends accept it. You know, they help you along by, by you know, maybe uh, cooking healthy food or eating healthy or living healthy around you or being understanding. Perhaps instead of putting down, you know, or, or people shaming people or blaming people for being obese. So I think that's where we're coming from when we talk about, you know, recognizing it for uh, prevention of all these obesity problems down the road. Or maybe many people actually already have it. It's just undiagnosed, right? So it's just coming forward uh, to have a self-check when we recognize that it is a, a, a condition, you know, just, just like other conditions we're not fearful of in that sense.
1: Yeah. Okay. If, you're, if we're saying it is a medical condition, it is easier to get help for it you go to the doctors, you you know, you're right. There is, you know, a support can build around you if we call it a medical condition is what you're saying.
0: Yes, definitely, yes. Um, Dr. Koh here. Yes. Um, and I think we would want to bring up some common myths about um, overweight um, and obesity. Um, I think Dr. Tam has, you know, uh, very clearly stated and uh, elucidated why um, obesity is a health condition the first myth is actually that many people feel obesity is just a lifestyle issue and mm. it's an individual mm. responsibility but actually it is recognized by leading health organizations like the world health organization as a chronic disease that requires long-term medical management with a whole, with a healthcare professional team and the second myth that often you know puts people to bed before they even take action is that they believe that small reductions in body weight actually have no benefit and you really have to dramatically move the needle in order to see results and that is untrue because research has shown that losing just 5%, 5% of baseline weight can keep it, and keeping it off can improve some weight-related conditions such as heart disease and type 2 diabetes. And third, there's this common myth, you know, or even self-perception that people who are overweight or obese have no self-control and that is not true. Weight loss in people with obesity can cause changes in appetite hormones that increase hunger levels and this can be managed by a holistic team with CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, medication and counselling, etc.
1: Okay, it's interesting that you raised those issues because the survey also found that more than half the respondents feel weight management is completely their responsibility and nearly one in three won't consider discussing their weight with their doctor. This resistance, it's more emotional, you think?
2: Well, I I think um, it's also societal Mm -hmm. norms that have changed over time or or things that could have happened uh, over the years. For example, uh, you know, it's so many people have overweight and obese uh, obesity in Singapore. So it's it's not surprising if people resort to uh, over the counter or so called natural supplements, etc. And and you may have noticed in the news, in fact, that um, certain ones have caused serious side effects. Right. Right. So, so this could have scared people off to say, oh, you know, uh, um, um, medications are no good, or even even uh, reports in the past of certain medications that have side effects and then were taken off the market. So I think that also uh, fuels that little bit of fear uh, to coming forward for treatment. Uh, and also, I I think you know that that um, maybe people just feel that it's my lifestyle problem. If it's it's my uh, self will that's lacking i'm not doing enough i want to keep trying i haven't tried hard enough and perhaps then they put all these uh responsibility on themselves and and, and don't come forward
1: yeah okay so what we're saying is that um you don't have to deal with it on your own it isn't something that it, they should feel is completely their responsible uh responsibility because at some point there are also underlying medical conditions it could be a hormonal imbalance that it makes it difficult for them in weight management issues. So, why not see the doctor, right? Absolutely. All
2: yeah, right. I think um, we're not, uh, you know, kind of advocating for everybody to go on medications or you have to see a specialist. Whatsoever. Not, yeah. yeah, but the whole point is that when people already, um, you know, uh, are overweight or obese, they, they do generally tend to have more medical problems. So a health check-in, you know, with the doctor, even to check, is my weight okay? Am I in the correct range? And then have their blood pressure check or any just a simple health screening. I think that's a good start, right? And, and if people who have been struggling with their weight, which is common, the weight yo-yoing, it, it's fairly common because of medical, medical reasons. Actually, it's not because of lack of willpower. There, there are hormonal changes like Natalie mentioned. Then perhaps it's time to get uh, expert help as well. Right. Yep.
1: We're speaking with Dr. Tam Kwang Wei, a president of Singapore Association for the Study of Obesity, and Dr. Natalie Ko, Consultant from Department of Cardiology at National Heart Centre Singapore. Talk to us about some of the long-term medical issues that could develop from obesity, particularly if it's not uh, addressed.
2: Sure, I, the, one of the closest uh, kind of linked ch- chronic condition is actually type two diabetes. Uh, and then we also have things like uh, cholesterol uh, derangements, uh, osteoarthritis, obstruct- obstructive sleep apnea, um, fatty liver, uh, actually female infertility uh, is commonly linked, or even male uh, low- reduced sexual function in males. Uh, 13 different types of cancers, for example, these are some of the more serious medical conditions, and also um, people with... Uh, tend to also uh, suffer from uh, low self-esteem or even this weight discrimination and stigma against them, which can work against
0: them at workplaces even uh, in terms of job opportunities, etc. Dr. Koh here. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, there are certain cardiology conditions that are associated with obesity. Um, Obesity is a well-established risk factor um, for atrial fibrillation which is a condition where the heart rhythm becomes irregularly irregular um, and leads to increased risk for strokes. We know that um, patients who are obese have an almost 50% increased risk for atrial fibrillation compared to non-obese patients, and actually it affects young men. Young men with obesity have a two-fold risk of atrial fibrillation compared to, younger men, to young men of normal weight. So... Um, Just to further elaborate on the point about obesity as well as cardiac disease, not just heart attacks, but also heart rhythm issues that
1: predispose to strokes. Right. Okay. Now let's talk about some of the practical tools and assistance that is currently available to someone who is obese and wants to deal with it.
2: Yeah, sure. I think so. As I've mentioned before, I think just go in for a check, uh, a weight check to, to see what range you are in. And also to have what we call the waist circumference measured. So sometimes some people may not have a very high BMI, but because uh, they have a lot of uh, uh, adiposity of excess weight in the kind of the waist area, that actually tends to increase their uh, risk of problems more. Um, So some of the things that we we can do perhaps is just to check on other factors, right, that could be affecting, uh, that could help make someone increase their their weight, such as sleeping habits, Stress levels, right? Even the night shifters and all that. I think those are, are equally important to to assess. Uh, then, then the doctor or the expert or dietitian can help to t- tailor a kind of lifestyle change in terms of the types, kind of appropriate diet, uh, and also the types of exercises you can do. Now, if someone already has what we call the uh, the complications from obesity, like uh, like sleep apnea, etc then perhaps medications should be prioritized in these patients. And for some whose weights are really, really high, um, they may even need to consider bariatric surgery of, of, you know, at the upfront. But all these can be discussed and tailored according to how ready the person is to make these changes, what kind of support they have in the family and in their social circles, and you know what stage of their lives are in if, if, if someone's in the midst of a very busy stage of their career, they may not be ready to make a lot of changes. So a lot of considerations need to uh, be brought in here. Yeah, and i get Natalie to add in some points as well.
0: <laughs> um Hi. Well, I absolutely agree with everything that Dr. Tam has said. It's an all of healthcare team, all of family um, supportive network that we need to build uh, around our patients and recognize that it is individualized therapy that will really bring about long standing change. We would also want, you know, to have opportunistic um, screening for associated healthcare conditions such as diabetes, cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, and as Dr. Tam has mentioned, sleep apnea. So, um, yep, I think this is important for the patients, individuals out there to know that help is at hand. They are not alone and the team is a large one. And the care should be individualized for sustained long-term change and a better quality of life.
1: All right. Now, we touched on this earlier. Weight management for a lot of us is perceived as a personal journey and sometimes it's a very sensitive issue. What can we as family members or colleagues or friends do to help support someone we know who is dealing with obesity?
0: I think it's... In, in, uh, Dr. Koh here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think this is a very difficult question to answer. Um, and it, I think it starts with being sensitive um, to the individual um, and to the stigma that they may feel that they are placed under. Um, Recognising that is the first step to getting someone... Living with this, um, to open up about it and to seek help, and I think that it's important. And thank you for having us today to share information about what obesity is and what weight management can be, and in itself, in spreading the truth to arrest negative assumptions and inaccuracies about weight management. Dr. Tam?
2: Yep, exactly. That was that was very well put. Yeah, I think I think uh, I mean like like you know. Natalie has said. I think the support, so even just uh, being sensitive around the person, not being you know, not tiptoeing, but you know, not uh, blaming them for being there or using negative, oh you're like that again, you're eating too much again, for example, or wow that's a large portion. You know, these kind of of negative comments will actually uh, kind of impede that person's interest or even motivation. So encouraging things is more of actions, like you know, just eating and living healthily around that person is a good start. Adopting uh, healthy exercise or physical activity habits is another start and and I think then finding out more like Natalie has said you know the correct information uh and a lot of family members uh, we've come across would find out the way they the, uh, they can seek help from you know and and when the time is right they'll say hey perhaps you could go uh check out this this clinic or check out this doctor or, or look at this this information here yeah and, and I think there's so much information outside right there, there are many types of diets the many types of supplements promising drastic results, you know, in a very short time. Our caution is that, you know, obesity is a long-term thing. Right? If you see something that promises you to drastic results, take a step back, right? It, it may work maybe a month or so. Is it sustainable? And perhaps at what cost, right? So I think think uh, when, when families start to also find out information, just to be aware of all this. And in fact, our campaign has a website. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Sg And in there, we've put in a lot of information. And we are still developing this information because it's going to be a year-long uh, campaign. And we've worked with many other societies, uh, like the Cardiac Society uh, and Diabetes Society, Dietitian Associations, to further... Um, um, sorry, the Diabetes Society of Singapore to further, uh, you know, put in different aspects uh, of obesity reasonable onto this website. Yeah,
1: okay, that sounds like very very useful information. We've been speaking with Dr. Tam Kwang Wei, President of Singapore Association for the Study of Obesity, and Dr. Natalie Co, Consultants from Department of Cardiology at National Heart Centre Singapore. Doctors, thank you very much for the time. It's been very valuable information I think for all of us.
0: Thank you so much for having us Claire. Our pleasure indeed thank you.
1: Thank you very much. I'm Clarissa Montero for the workday afternoon you are with Money FM 89.3.
0: To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH
2: radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.